Welcome to Engaging Culture, a podcast presented by Bridgeway Christian Church. I'm Brian Kiley. On this special episode, I'm joined by Daniel Gill, a five-time national finalist on the hit show American Ninja Warrior. We'll talk about his life as a ninja warrior, his life as a worship leader, and his passion for helping others discover their calling and pursue their destiny. All of that and more on this episode of Engaging Culture. Well, hi, everybody. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 12 of the Engaging Culture Podcast. Pastor Brian with you, and I am so excited to be joined today by Daniel Gill. Daniel, thanks so much for taking the time and, and being with me today. I appreciate it. Oh, absolutely, Brian. I'm glad to be here. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> uh, so you're in town. Before we get into talking about you, you're in mm-hmm. town this weekend, which we're recording this on Thursday, October 24th, 2019 running a ninja course at the Galleria Mall here uh, that people mm-hmm. can come out and participate in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. all weekend long, all Friday, all day Saturday, and all day Sunday. And I'll be out there for autographs, photos, and just hanging out with people. That sounds like a lot of autographs and photos. <laughs> it, it probably will be, <laughs> but <laughs> awesome. I've prepared myself for awesome. it. <laughs> awesome, very cool. Well, uh, I'm excited to chat with you about your experience on the show, obviously your faith and the different things that you're up to. And once again, so appreciate the time today. Can you tell us a little bit of your story and kind of how, how you got started with American Ninja Warrior. Yeah, yeah. So, um, gosh, I share my story a lot, so I'll try to give like the, the, the ultra-condensed version. So, I am a native Texan, born and raised in Houston, Texas. Uh, came from a family of five kids. Uh, all of us were homeschooled. And so, we had a, a, a very unique upbringing in, I guess, many senses of the word. Uh, my parents, my testimony actually starts with them. My, my dad was raised Roman Catholic. My mom was Southern Baptist. They got married, but neither of them were serving or following the Lord or had a home church. So after child number three in my family was born, my mom came to this place and said, God, I can't do this on my own. I, I have these kids. I have more on the way. I'm rededicating my life and I'm dedicating the lives of my children to you for your service, kind of wow. similar to like like Hannah in, yeah. in First Samuel. Yeah. Um, and so, from my earliest memories, we're just ra- being raised in the church, being at the church anytime the doors were open. Uh, and because we were homeschooled, I mean, we we revolved our lives around church and being there as well. Yeah. So any opportunities that we had to, to serve, whether it was Kingdom uh, Cl- Clowns Ministry, Kingdom Mimes Ministry, uh, Sign Language Ministry, we would do outreaches in like homeless shelters and, and nursing homes. That was just kind of the culture that I was I was raised in. Wow. Now I say that and people think, oh, you must have been like super holy, but no, I, I was <laughs> the troublemaker. Oh <laughs> man, I was, out of all five kids, I was the troublemaker. Pretty much nine times out of 10, whatever problems we're facing at in my house were caused by me. So uh, there's grace. There's grace. Whatever kind of crazy wild child you you may have been, uh, God's got a good plan. And all you got to do is say yes. Amen. So grew up uh, just remember hearing the stories of the Bible and that God would use anybody. Didn't matter boy, girl, didn't matter young, old. All you had to do was say yes. And it didn't even matter what issues or problems you had. If you were willing and able and you stepped out in faith, God would use that. Yeah. God would honor that. So, uh, I grew up, I remember watching the TV show American Ninja Warrior uh, back when it was in Japan. Yeah. And it was like the, you had to watch it with like subtitles. And it was like the only <laughs> show that I could watch on, on MTV and G4. I couldn't watch any other any other shows, but that was awesome. one of them and I loved it. And But as I got older and got into like my, my high school years, you know, I began having friends that believed different things in me. The pressures became real. You know, I, I got my own issues and problems that I caused myself. And I remember praying one night and saying, God, I know you have my heart. I've received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I said, but if I'm going to live the rest of my life in this world, I need I need more. I need something to be different. So, Lord, I know you've got my heart, but from this day forward, I'm going to give you my life, which hmm. to me, Brian, was a huge, huge decision because Jesus went from just my Savior, you know, yeah. my get out of hell free card, so to speak, to my my Lord, which yeah. was, God, you are the Lord of my life. Every single day, I'm going to try to to train myself in godliness where when I wake up, I'm like, Lord, I love you. I bless you. Here are my plans, my daily activities. But if you want to change or intervene in any way, like, go for it. Do it. Yeah. I give you free uh, permission to do that because I'm going to follow you with everything in my life. And God, you've given me these different, different gifts and gifts and talents, these abilities. I love to sing. I love to dance. I was a, uh, an athlete all of my life too, up until that point. And so I said, God, you've given me these, these, you know, giftings. I'm going to use them for you and I'm going to serve. I'm going to get connected in my church. I'm not just going to go to church now because that's what I did my whole life, but I'm going to do it because I want to learn. I want to grow. I'm going to lift my hands in worship, not because everybody else is doing it, but because I'm going to remind my body that it is in submission to you. And so that's then good. just my 
high school years, dude, I just, I, I was hungry for the things of God. I was on fire for the things of God. I still caused about 10 <laughs> out of 10 of my own problems. They were all self-inflicted, but I learned how to repent quickly. Yeah. And just like it says in Proverbs, how a righteous man falls and he gets back up seven times. I learned to get back up. And I was like, God, I, I, I fully believe that, you know, the, the promises and the word can apply to me. Like he, he promises people in Jeremiah 29, 11, that he's got a good plan for them, a plan to, to give them a hope and a future. So I was like, God, I don't care where you take my life. I don't care what direction you take my life. If you open a door, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go through it and I'm going to use it for you. So yeah. long story short, awesome. uh, graduated high school, went to a two year ministry school, got to travel the world and, and just see the things that I'd read about in my Bible my entire life. I got to witness them firsthand. Yeah, wow. I got to preach the gospel. I got to lead worship. Uh, and I got to just, just see signs, wonders, and miracles. I saw the hand of God just touch people's lives in ways that ruined me for normal. So I said, God, I'll I'll become a pastor. I'll become a missionary. I'll become a worship leader. And the Lord kind of has a a funny sense of humor (laughs) because usually when when, when you give your life to him and you say, God, here's my plans, take and do with them what you will, he seems to have like a whole separate separate set of plans. All right, here we go. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So a friend of mine told me about a Ninja Warrior gym in Houston. And I was like, well, I need a job anyways. So (laughs) got a job there, started training. I was like, well, Lord, wow, I'm pretty good at this ninja stuff. Maybe I'll I'll pursue this. And if I do, I'm going to use this as my platform to to build the kingdom of God. So you but you walked into job at the Ninja Gym. Mm hmm. You're not thinking, maybe I'll be a contestant on American Ninja Warrior someday. You're just thinking, okay, I like fitness. This is fun. I need a job. Let's just do it. Is that more yeah. or less accurate? Well, it was kind of a both and because the day that I found out about the Ninja Gym that was in Houston at Iron Sports, I'm uh-huh. still working there right now, actually. Yeah. Uh, the day that I found out about that was the day that I had prayed and I was like, God, like I know what I don't want to do for a job. Um, but I, I know that I can't be too picky, but I'm not going to sit on my hands and ask you to drop the perfect job in my lap. Like I'll, I'll write up a resume. I'll go, I'll, I'll look, but sure. I want to be at the place that you have for me. Yeah. And so a friend of mine at the Bible school told me about this job at a gym. And initially I said, no way, dude, I don't, I don't lift weights. All I do is calisthenics, body weight training, pushups, pull-ups, running, climbing, all that stuff. I wouldn't know what to do with weights in a gym. And he was like, well, no, Daniel, no, it's a, it's a, a ninja gym or like an obstacle course gym. And this was about, gosh, seven years ago. This was back before these oh, were before common things. I mean, exactly. now you got three of those here in Roseville, but mm-hmm. back then it's back not then, a common thing. Exactly. Yeah. So I was like, what do you even mean obstacle course, Jim? And he was like, well, have you ever seen that show American Ninja Warrior? And just my jaw dropped. My eyes got as big as saucers. And I was like, yes, I love that show. And he's like, oh, well, I work at the only gym in Houston that trains for it. So instantly wow. my mind just starts spinning with the possibilities. And by this point in my life, I'm 19 years old. And after a year of Bible school, I had already begun to just, you know, Romans 12, 2 talks about, you know, not, not being conformed to the world, but being transformed by the renewing of your mind. By this point in my life, my mind is already beginning to, to be conditioned to think, best case scenarios instead yeah. of the worst case. So as soon as he awesome. says ninja, I'm like, oh, wow, God, what? Maybe I could do this. Maybe I could get on the show. Maybe I could point, you know, thousands or millions of people towards the kingdom through this platform. But of course, it's a it's a process, it's step a process. by step. Yeah. So I go there and then ultimately get the job. And I'm like, well, Lord, <laughs> let's do this. Like, let like I'm, I'm all in. I'm going to push all my chips in and just chase hard after this. Yeah, that's an, that's incredible. So, I mean, just that it, uh, it that, that whole process is is amazing. And I, I love the mindset of and even connecting to Romans 12 too. the idea of just thinking best case scenario yeah. and chasing after that. I mean, I think so many of us were, were stuck. Yeah, we're stuck in worst case scenario land. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's anything wrong with being cautious. Yeah. But when it causes us to not even Mm-hmm. pursue things, mm-hmm. that's where it becomes a problem. Exactly. Yeah. So you're, I mean, people that watch the show know this, uh, you're wearing the shirt right now. You're the kingdom ninja. Mm-hmm. I could probably mm-hmm. guess where that nickname came from, but talk to me a little bit about sort of developing that as your sort of persona and your, your nickname and, and whatever, you know, yeah. fans of the show, what, the, what everyone knows you as. Talk, yeah, talk a little yeah. bit about so, that. So I go by the, the kingdom ninja, yeah. which is kind of the, the nickname or the ninja nickname I gave myself. Yeah. Cause if you watch the show, a bunch of ninjas have nicknames. Yeah. A lot of them are usually given by like the announcers and stuff, Uh but going into it, I was like, well, if I'm going to get like a ninja name, I don't want it to be something like random or something given to me. I want to, I want to be in control of it because I want to 
de- determine how people know me and recognize me. Yeah. So uh, long story short, it took me about two years of trying to get on the show and getting rejected before mm. I finally got a shot. And people ask me all the time, what's the hardest obstacle? I tell them it was just getting on the <laughs> getting show. Getting on the show. Yeah, yeah. So it's a reality TV. You have yeah. to submit an online application, submit a, 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 vis- a video. And I got rejected twice, two years yeah. in a row. Uh, one, I was just too young. And then the next year, that just they said they received over 80,000 videos and just mine must have yeah, fallen through the cracks. One of them, yeah. So wow. sometimes when you're pursuing your God-given dreams, it will be a, a, a bumpy road and you're going to face obstacles. Uh, but persistence, yeah. persistence. And when you feel the call of God toward it, like don't, don't, don't quit, don't yeah. give up. Um, but I had a lot, I say that to say I had a lot of time to think about (laughs) when I, when I get on the show, what am I going to do? God, like, how do I want to, to be known? And I remember just getting in the word and, and, and praying about it because I wanted it to point to the kingdom of God, but I didn't want it to ever appear like I was trying to shove my faith down people's throats because we live in a very polarized world right now where sometimes if people just even hear anything like, Oh, you're a Christian, like they shut down, they put walls up. And I was like, God, I don't want people to be turned off. I want people to, to see me or to, to know me and then come to me asking why yeah. I, I, I am the way that I am. So I thought of, I remember praying about a, a covert way that I could kind of, you know, promote the kingdom of God. And then the verse, uh, Matthew six thirty three popped yeah. up in my head where Jesus is telling his disciples, you know, um, they, they, the conversation was talking about like what they're going to eat, what they're going to drink. And he was like, yeah, people worry about that. People concern their lives about that. You know, what, where's the next meal going to come for? Where's my next, you know, where, where's my source going to be? And he was like, well, if you put the kingdom of God above all thing, all other things and to, to live righteously, then all these things you need, what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear, those will be provided. Yeah. And I remember thinking like, wow, God. So if I keep that as my first priority, Lord, all these needs that I have, like you, you promise to come through for those. And so I just put, I thought kingdom would be an incredible way to, to promote that on the show. And because yeah. we can't wear any name brands on the, on the TV show, you'll never see like a, a right. Nike swoosh or an Under Armour or anything. Yeah. You won't see those. But yeah. if we design our own clothing, we can wear that on the show. Yeah. So I created the, the, the shirt, the design kingdom and put that on there and That's Christians cool. instantly knew yeah. what it meant, but also, you know, non-believers, people who, d- who didn't have the same faith would come up to me and be like, Hey, we see that you're an awesome competitor. We love watching you what does that kingdom mean on your shirt? And it has opened so many incredible doors to then share with them the the answers to the questions they're asking me. I'm yeah. not shoving anything down anyone's yeah. throat. I'm just, I'm having a conversation. That's super cool. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a neat encouragement. Cause yeah, you're right. I mean, when I, when I saw you on the show, I'm like kingdom. Okay. Yeah. Like, I know what that's, I know what that's about, mm-hmm. which is, which is fantastic. Yeah. But, but you're right. It is a little intriguing for someone who isn't as familiar with that, that mm-hmm. language. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm sure it's opened up the door to all sorts of interesting conversations. Yes, it has. Now, so that leads me to kind of my next question, which is, first of all, it's fun on the show seeing everybody's different their clothing they develop and all their mm-hmm, nicknames mm-hmm. and all that. That's kind of a kind of a you know fun part of of watching. But as I've been observing other uh, contestants on the show, competitors, as I've seen their clothing, as I've seen the little you know pieces they do about them beforehand, where mm-hmm. they tell a little bit of their story, it seems to me that there's quite a few believers who are <laughs> high level ninja warrior competitors. I mean, is that is that right? And yeah. then kind of what's it been like? getting to know all of these other top level ninjas and competing yeah. alongside them, especially the ones who, who, who share your faith. Yeah. Oh man, Brian, it has been such an incredible, uh, just journey over the last five years that I've been a part of the show because you have to understand like going on a, on a reality television show. I mean, they bring people from all different backgrounds, all different walks of life, and it is a secular television show. So they could care less who I am or what I believe their, their main priority is to, to make a good TV show, which yeah. is what they're doing. Yeah. But going in there, I remember thinking like, well, God, like I'm, I'm, in an environment that I'm unfamiliar with, there's people I don't know, and and I know what I represent and who I am, but Lord, how can I how can I you know connect with people and minister to people and and still have the effects that I want to have because I consider what I do on the show like uh, it's a ministry to me. I just outside of the four walls of the church, it's marketplace yeah, ministry. Totally. So my first season, I'll never forget. Um, competing when I went to Vegas as a fresh uh, as a as a rookie. And a guy named Travis Rosen, who just this year announced that he was he was you know hanging things up. He yeah. was he was retiring. I remember watching him. But I remember in Vegas, he posted on one of the the online groups that all the ninjas were a part of. He said, "Hey guys, you know I don't know if any of you are interested, but I'm gonna open up my my hotel room for for prayer, and I'm gonna have prayer times during these days and times uh, throughout the week that we're filming the national finals. If anybody wants to come join in and be a part, you're welcome to." 
And so I remember showing oh, up and just seeing cool. a bunch of di- different ninjas, Michelle Warnke and, and tons of others, uh, the Island Ninja, Grant McCartney, and people you otherwise wouldn't think are, are Christians just because of the way that the show, you know, showcases each sure. of us and our different yeah. personalities. But I remember thinking, oh my gosh, there's there's so many Christians here. And before we ran the course, uh, Travis made an announcement and said, hey guys, you know, we're just going to go outside and we're going to we're going to say a prayer uh, for the for the filming tonight for you know no injuries for us to you know glorify God and all that we do and I go out there and there's maybe like 20 or so ninjas out of uh, around 100 yeah, my wow. first year that's cool and then progressively each and every single year that I've come back more and more people have joined in on the on the ninja prayer before yeah. we compete <laughs> and this awesome. last this most recent season the season uh, finales episode the finals when we went outside and offered prayer for anyone to, to make like a big prayer circle to pray for the night, there were only a few ninjas that weren't in that circle. Huh, wow. There was like 60 plus ninjas <laughs> all gathered around, just all praying and saying, God, we want your will to be done. We want to glorify you through our platform. And it was it was incredible to see what God wow. is doing behind the scenes. Wow. That, I'm getting goosebumps listening to that. That's, yeah. ama- I mean, that's amazing. I mean, because again, it's a, I'm just sitting at home watching, right? Like, yeah. my, my, you know, I watch it with my, with my kids who, mm-hmm. as I, I told you off the air, hu- huge fans of yours and, and could probably name every ninja that's been <laughs> on the show this season. Um, you know, you see different things and it, it, just as a believer, I can pick up on different cues mm-hmm. that are like, okay, that person's probably, or that, okay, I get yeah. that reference yeah. or whatever the case may be. But that's really neat to hear behind the scenes that it goes so much beyond what we see mm-hmm. in terms of the, uh, just that, those of you that are competing, you're wanting God to be glorified, that you're yeah. supporting one another in that way. Now, now I have a, I, this is just a pure fan curiosity question, mm-hmm. because as I've watched the show and even hearing you describe the camaraderie you've just described just now amongst the competitors, on some level, you're competing against each other, sort of. I mean, it is a competition, but yeah. you're all. I would imagine there is a sense of which it's like kind of us against the course. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But... Your competitors, but I sense just as a viewer that there is a huge amount of camaraderie amongst all of you that are competing together. Oh, yeah. Is that is that accurate? Oh yeah, that's that's absolutely true. Because, uh, you know, when we train for the the show, like we we never know what to expect. We what, fun fact: what you watch on television nine times out of ten is the very first time that we ever touch any of those obstacles, wow. and we have no idea what obstacles are going to appear oh, on each gosh. course. So you show up blindly to a, a competition, and on the night of the the competition, you get to go finally see the obstacles and then you don't ever get to touch any of them until it's your time to run and they film overnight so what you see on tv at least my last uh four seasons i haven't run a single course any earlier than like 3 30 a.m in the morning so and that's the time that they're filming these episodes so that's wild you have to understand there's there's so much just uh pressure and stress for the athletes that we have no other option than just to to cheer each other on because we know what it feels like to fall and to fail on just a silly obstacle that didn't feel the way we thought or that just moved differently than we had pictured in our head as we were walking through looking at the course yeah and so there is so much um camaraderie because of that and at the end of the day Brian for us as competitors we know that as many as hit the buzzer will move on so for me my goal is to hit the buzzer sure now my goal doesn't necessarily have to interfere with anybody else's because if they hit the buzzer, right. then they're moving on hey, as well. All going on together. Exactly. Right? So yeah. that's why that's why we cheer so so uh, loud and proud for our yeah. our, our competitors, um, or because we we all have the same outcome, we all have the same goals, and honestly, there's so much stigma towards the course because they get harder and more technical <laughs> each year. We're just like somebody beat it. Yeah. Somebody. <laughs> let's see how many of us can get through the course this year. Nothing like a common enemy to bring exactly. people together, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and I, again, I, I think that as a as a viewer, I, I really enjoy that element of it, being yeah. able to see the camaraderie that exists, seeing mm-hmm. you all cheer each other on, that you're able to celebrate this common experience of, oh my gosh, we both got a buzzer, especially when it's someone's first time or yeah. whatever else. It's Yeah, it's, there's nothing it's, quite like it. <laughs> oh, I, I, I can't imagine. Now, uh, I'm sure lots of people ask you about this, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners are curious to know training for something oh, like this Lord. obviously you're 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 <laughs> you're in incredible shape and all of you guys out there and get and uh, ladies are you have to be yeah. but it's a very it's like you even mentioned a moment ago you're not going in lifting a bunch of weights mm-hmm. there's it's a lot more to it than this what is physical fitness look like in daniel oh, gill's man. world <laughs> wow well dude uh, it's funny i look back at my life, I mean, I'm 26 now. I look back at the last, uh, I guess, 19 years before I even got into American Ninja Warrior, uh-huh. and I look back and I say, thank you so much, God, because 
I had no idea that me just being a monkey boy in my family growing <laughs> up, climbing on literally everything, getting into to parkour and free running in high school. Um, my dad got a Bowflex when I was in high school, and I just wanted to be strong. It, yeah. was, it was, I mean, it still is, but like training to me is like therapeutic. Like yeah. it's my way of, of getting just a, a release from the stress and the cares of life, so to speak. Yeah. And so... I've just spent my entire life as an athlete and so much of that just translates over time. Just body weight training, pull-ups, push-ups, you know, core strengthening exercises translate to the course because you never know what to expect. And yeah. so much of it is upper body based that I mean, I've taken a lot of um, studying for uh, like professional rock climbers just yeah. to have the grip endurance and the forearm uh, just strength to, to be able to hold all of my body weight for a certain period of time doing a certain number of, of uh, you know high impact moves so training I found out very quickly once I began competing for the show or competing on the show I discovered that if I wanted to get the results that I, I saw as like a professional athlete or wanted then I had to train as a professional yeah. athlete, which yeah. is anywhere from like two to four hours each day. Wow. Um, and it differs. If it differs from like upper body one day, lower body another day, you know, recovery another day, like active, intentional sure. recovery. Yeah. And then just finding routines that work and, and finding, uh, figuring out the best ways to train for the different seasons of, yeah. of life. So right now I'm in technically off season. So it's a lot of like just power strength. I want to get more powerful because once the season begins in a couple months, then I want to be as light and lean as possible and just yeah. focus on endurance. Yeah. So there's a lot of different ways to train and there's a bunch of different ninja gyms to, to, to get connected to because honestly, right. <laughs> strength doesn't really matter much if you don't know how to maneuver your body yeah. in the air just by swinging on bars. And it's right. so many different ways to train upper body, lower body, balance, agility, warped wall type stuff like this. Yeah. It's one of the most fun ways to train too because you never have to do the same thing every single day like there's always yeah. new ways to train there's new no, exciting ways not boring like three sets of 10 all right here we go mm -hmm, yeah mm -hmm. it's a lot more i would imagine a lot more diverse and, and just just a lot more engaging in so many different ways yeah yeah i mean i watch you guys and i mean so much of what what you and your fellow competitors do is amazing to me but you mentioned grip strength oh lord my forearms hurt watching oh, you guys no. oh <laughs> I man mean, my goodness the, the, oh. <laughs> not a yeah. day goes by or not a not a course goes by that I don't compete because I'm pretty good. By the grace of God, I, I finish a lot of them. Sure. But there's typically never a time that I don't hit a buzzer and I'll, like, I come down, They do, we do the interview, and then I'm like, oh my gosh, I can hardly open my hands like, right now. My forearms are just like locked up. Nobody shake my hand. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I have noodle oh, arms man. for a while. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> uh, okay, getting back to the show specifically, and I want to... I want to talk about some some other stuff you're you're into, and I want to hear hear about your. I know you've been a worship leader, and and, and I don't mm -hmm. know if that's you know what actually. Let's talk about that, and yeah. then we'll get back to the show for sure. You've been a worship leader. I don't know if you still are. I am, but yeah. that's been a big part of your your life. Talk talk about that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So I've been, gosh, uh, well, growing up in Houston, in my my high school years, when I made that commitment to say, Lord, I'm not just going to give you my heart, and I want to go to heaven someday, but I'm going to give you my life. That's when I got connected uh, in my home church, and we we found a new church when I was in high school back um, in. Houston. Houston, uh, now called Dwelling Place Church. And very quickly I said, God, I'm going to, I just want to serve, whether that's being a greeter, whether that's, you know, just helping arrange the, the seats. God, I, this is your house. I'm here to serve and I want to love people. And so uh, there was a need that came up and I was like maybe 16 years old and they said, hey, we need someone to play bass guitar. And I was like, well, I, I, I can kind of play the bass guitar. So I picked it up, started playing, and then they, they found out that I was a, a, a vocalist, a choir boy. And like, well, hey, Daniel, you know, uh, you've served really well on the bass guitar. Would you mind, uh, you know, trying out like background vocals and helping us lead some of the songs? And I was like, sure, yeah, if there's a need, uh, I'll do it. I'm kind of nervous in front of a microphone, to be honest, but yeah, I'll step out in faith. I don't want to say no to something, you know, the, the church needs. Yeah. And so I did. And they were like, oh, wow, you're, you're really good at this. Hey, Dan. And then over a period of time, they're like, hey, would you be interested in like leading one, a couple of the songs? And so I did. And there's just there's a process of faithfulness, Brian, that when you when you say yes to the little things, I mean, Jesus said when yeah. you're faithful. Yeah. When you when you steward the what little you have, it, it grows, it multiplies. God blesses yeah. and honors that. So then next thing I knew, I was one of the, the main worship leaders for the young uh, for the youth group. Next thing I know, they asked if I could be the main worship leader for the youth group. Yeah. I did that for about a year, then gave that to my younger brother, who's an incredible, a better, much better worship leader than I am. Then I helped with a young adults group and, and leading worship there. Then Ninja Warrior got so popular that I was traveling all the time. And I said, guys, I can't, I can't uh, serve this way because God has opened doors for here. Yeah. So then I stepped down and just became a, a worship leader that uh, whenever I'm in town, my church, they, they ask when, I, when I'm available and they're so gracious, so honoring to me and what God is 
doing in my yeah. life that now my wife and I, we help lead worship on like Wednesday nights for main services or Sunday mornings for main services or Sunday evenings for the young adults, just whenever awesome. we're in town and available. And it's awesome just That's to, to cool. serve and, and have a platform that I get to show people what it looks like, not just to sing songs, but to engage in, in, in worshiping our God, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's all. And, and how neat that is something you and your wife get to do together. That's, I'm sure that just all makes it, it all the more, mm-hmm. all the more special. That's really cool. I, I love what you said about just how, when you first started, you came in and you just said, I'm here to serve yeah. and I want to do what I do, uh, you know, do, do whatever's needed. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking for a platform, mm-hmm. stage, microphone, lights, whatever. Yeah. Because uh, I think that that is what's so, so needed in, in church world in so many yeah. regards. Um, yeah. it, it, it's a weird culture in the sense that you've got pastors, worship, and I mean, I am a mm-hmm. pastor, right? So you've got pastors and worship leaders and different people up on stage. So it becomes this sort of, I think, there can be a desire for attention sometimes yeah, yeah, and, and the need to serve, whether it's behind the scenes, whether it's uh, up front and, and just mm-hmm. to have that heart. I, I think you're right about, I mean, God, you know, God says, if you're faithful with little, you know, you'll be entrusted with more. I mean, yeah. I started out at Bridgeway here as a volunteer in our young adult ministry. Wow. And I, and I think I, I, to me, stepping in here, knowing eventually I was hoping to get a job, being, yeah. I was honest about that from yeah. the beginning, but to be able to say, okay, nothing is, nothing is beneath me. Mm-hmm. I'm here to serve. I'm here to be a part of what God's doing. And, and I think conducting yourself then in a way where you're like, okay, if bigger doors get opened up, fantastic. Yeah. If they don't, I know I serve God to the best of my ability where I was. And, and I can, like, I can have peace with that. That yeah. it's ultimately the opportunities are, are up to God. But I just, I don't know. I, I love the heart that you express yeah, there. Yeah, no, it's awesome. just, it's, it's, it's kingdom leadership. Yeah. I mean, that's what Jesus told his disciples when they were arguing over who was going to be the greatest. He, <laughs> right. said, he didn't necessarily like, he didn't say that it wasn't, it wasn't good to seek to be the greatest, yeah. but here's what it looks like. Yeah. It looks like serving others. It looks yeah. like bending down, washing their feet. If you want to be the first, be last. If you want to be the greatest, be the least. And in yeah. that, you God will, God will promote whoever he wants. Yeah. But it's when he knows that he has our hearts yeah. and knows that he can trust us with the the bigger the the more influential things yep. that it doesn't it doesn't do cause more harm than good yep. and when he knows that he can trust us man it and I'm preaching to myself right now because sure. I constantly have to remind myself like Daniel the platform you have like you I did nothing to to, to do this except follow God yeah. and and serve him as faithfully as I could yeah. in as many different areas of my life as yeah. I could I mean it's a gift right it's it's yeah. a gift and it's a stewardship right mm-hmm. each and every mm-hmm. one of us in whatever platform we have on some mm-hmm. level that's a that's a gift God has given us and we can steward it for his glory or for our own. Yeah. And of course the, the kind of the, the irony of that is I think when we, when we're obsessed with our own, there's just mm-hmm. not a lot there. There's not, we might have worldly success, but there's not a lot of joy, not a lot of peace. Yeah. Whereas if when we're, when we're seeking ultimately God's glory above our own, yeah. it, I, I, it's hard to even put into words. It's yeah. just like, okay, yeah. this just feels right. Yeah. This is how it's supposed to yeah. be. So, yeah. Man, you get those, those fruits of the spirit, yeah. love, yeah. joy, peace, patience, all of those things yeah. just become, become so evident in our lives that people then look at us and say, what is different yeah. about you? I'm yeah. successful in this, but I don't, my life doesn't look like yours. My, my personality, yeah. like I, I still have all these issues and problems and I'm, I'll be the first to say, I've still got my own sure, issues, yeah. but there's this, there's this confidence that comes from walking with the Lord through life in whatever areas of life that, that, yeah. You know, he's opened the doors for us yeah. to walk through. It's yeah. it's very gratifying. Amen. Love it. Uh, so I want to talk a little bit more about about the uh, Ninja Warrior. Now, yeah. I, I want to know, okay, so we all see what's on TV after it's gone through post-production and everything else. Mm-hmm. I, I'm curious to know what's like a, a weird story or a funny story or something quirky or interesting or amusing about being a part of American Ninja Warrior that maybe doesn't necessarily come through on, on yeah. television. Yeah. Oh, man. Let me think. Um... Man, well, the relationships are always really just interesting and and super, just very dynamic. Just because, like I said, there's so many different people from all different walks of life, different backgrounds. So you meet some of the coolest and strangest people. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, sure. it's really cool. It's really cool. One thing that that took me by surprise was just how much of a production that it was. Because hmm. here I was thinking, oh, I, I got accepted on this this you know this athletic competition series, and then I come to find out that you know the first several days are are just filming the B-roll, filming, you know, interviews and uh, all in preparation for if I do well on the show, then they're going to use this stuff and showcase this stuff. And then just the, the, the reality side of that where then, you know, 
after you do well and they're like, oh, okay, so we want to film a feature on this person. So, okay, Daniel, here, sit down. We're going to take an interview, but here's kind of some of the things that we want you to say. Here's what we're going to talk about. Can you talk about this? Can you say this or that? And just me being like, oh, I thought I, I thought I was here to compete. Like that was the thing. And, <laughs> and so just the, that being just kind of, kind of different, taking me by surprise. But yeah. I came from a background in theater and yeah. th- at one point in my life thought I was going to go into Broadway and, you know, change Broadway for Jesus. <laughs> and so now I'm like, oh Lord, well, this is kind of in a sense like that it's like a production it's like a like arranged in that way theater in its own way yeah Yeah. so it's been kind of wild and and crazy and just uh different than what i thought it would but it's it's incredible to see god use all of that for good and just all the crazy wild stories of of you know staying up late after competitions and then when the competitions ends at like 6 a.m and the sun's coming up all the ninjas (laughs) are like well hey let's go grab a bite to eat and so we are like on our way to like walk to a Denny's or IHOP you see the ninjas like doing backflips off the walls climbing the trees and like the, this is how these guys truly live their lives like they're they're we're all just that's awesome monkey boys and girls you know climbing on everything that's so hilarious even when the lights are off uh-huh. it's uh, still oh, still climbing stuff that's we, we've funny we've gotten trouble a few times <laughs> for climbing on things we're not supposed to that's fantastic hey come on we are American Ninja Warriors we should exactly. be able to climb on stuff it's, that's it's when they funny. don't recognize you though that's yeah that's right that's and they right don't care who the, you yeah, are. they're like yeah, okay whatever dude i don't know who you are whatever mm-hmm. so this last season of of american ninja warrior i'll just say this was the it was the closest i followed a season of american ninja yeah. warrior um, in part because of my kids because they got super yep. into it which yep. was fun but it was amazing so many things about it were amazing obviously mm-hmm. you had a ton of success mm-hmm. and and you and drew dressel had just an incredible kind of showdown on on uh, mount oh my gosh i'm gonna mix it up Midoriyama. Midoriyama. There, there we go. go thank you mount Midoriyama. Talk about your experience on season 11 and especially the experience of, of having so much success and and getting right there to the final. I mean, watching it was amazing. Everything from from watching Drew to watching you to the way you guys embraced at the end to just it was it made for amazing television. Yeah. Yes, but it did. talk a little bit about that experience. Yeah. So, I mean, this this year out of out of all five seasons that I've competed, uh, I've I've you know, been able to go to the national finals all five years and just see, see great success. And this year turned into kind of like my, my second year season eight, when Drew and I were the only two to finish stage two and go on to stage three that year, this year we were the only two to, to complete stage three and go to four. But even leading up to that, I mean, this was, this was the best season I've ever had. I, I I never got wet, not a single time. (laughs) And it, it was amazing to, to see just that one, that hard work payoff, but two, to, to feel just the presence of so many people that I've met over the last few years of traveling and speaking and going to churches and meeting people and everyone being like, Daniel, we're praying for you. We're we're pulling for you. And just knowing that as I compete, I'm not alone. Knowing that as I compete, I go out there and my identity is not in the outcome of my performance. Yeah. Amen. So when I step, when I stand on that, on that starting line, I say, God, I feel ready. I've trained. I feel strong enough to do this. But if I slip and fall on the first obstacle, Lord, I'm going to show people what it looks like to come up with a smile on your face and to get back up quickly. Yeah. And so so good. that allows me to compete completely stress-free, completely stress-free every single time. And I enjoy yeah. it. And I hope it shows on television. Just yeah. that smile that I run with is 100% genuine. I absolutely love the feeling of running a course uh, and just knowing that it's because God put me there yeah. to do so. Oh, and, and so, it shows. Wonderful. <laughs> it that's, shows. Great. <laughs> I, I, that's great. That's great. And so finishing stage three this year and, and just landing with the bar in my hand, hitting that buzzer, I remember just this, this, this sense of, of joy and accomplishment and satisfaction and just being like, God, we've done it. We're moving on to the mountain. The last five years I've, I've dreamt about going to the mountain and, and all five years I thought, God, I'm, I'm put on the show to win so that I can, I can hit that final buzzer, win a million dollars and put my hands up to you and just point people directly to you. And a couple of years ago, after you know three years of not doing that, I came to this place where I was like, well, God, is that even what I'm supposed to do on this show? Like, I'm going to be <laughs> honest with you, God. Like, I'm not going to hide my feelings. I'm upset. I thought I was going to win the last like several years that I've competed. <laughs> but the Lord told me and showed me something where it said, he, he told me one time, he was like, Daniel, it's, it's great that you honor me in the victories. He said, but some people sometimes are more affected by seeing what a quote unquote Christian does and how they handle loss yep. or failure yep and is it going to break them yep. because sometimes your your failures will speak louder than your success yeah because it's easy to have a smile on your face and, and point up to heaven when you win totally but not so much when you quote unquote like lose yeah. so this year as soon as i finished stage three and we took a quick interview we were unfortunately very far behind schedule for the filming 
And oh, so they man. said, you know, Daniel, you know, we, we've been filming all night. Drew, Drew went earlier, um, but and you just finished. We know that, but we have to do a very quick turnaround. We have to film this mountain right now. Oh my gosh. And so we went straight from three to four, which I mean, that it's nobody's fault. Yeah. It was, we were behind schedule and they had to film another thing right after that. And I remember standing there praying and being like, God, my arms, they hurt so bad, Lord. <laughs> They're hurting. <laughs> But I said, but God, if you if you need me at the top of that mountain, you can do it. You can, A, I've read my Bible. I said, you can, A, give me strength like Samson. You could do that. <laughs> I said, you could, B, give me speed like Elijah. You could do that. I said, or C, you could, you could put angelic, you know, angelic intervention. They could pull me up or they could push me up that rope. If you need me up there, God, I will do my best, but I'm going to rely on you. And if not, God, I'm still going to do my best because I want to win. I'm extremely competitive. <laughs> and I, it's like, it's yeah. for me, it's win or bust as yeah. far as in the natural. But I said, God, I'm, I'm still not going to put the, st- the pressure or the stress on me. So I'm going to climb this thing as hard as I can and give it my best. But whatever the outcome, I'm going to trust you. Yeah. And so I remember standing there holding onto the rope and they said, you know, three, two, one, go. And I heard that beep and I just climbed as hard as I could. Oh, and man. it felt amazing the first like, you know, like <laughs> 78 feet, something like that. And then all of a sudden I hit this wall and just wow. this fatigue, the, the tiredness, all of that set in. And all of a sudden I couldn't squeeze. I couldn't pull. I couldn't push with my feet. Oh, and man. I just, I was, I was dead in the water, so to speak. Yeah. Wow. But you know, that high up in the air. <laughs> and I remember thinking like, well, God, this isn't the plan. This isn't the plan. This isn't supposed to happen happen but then getting through the top and just just you know embracing drew who by the way has put more blood sweat and tears in the sport than any other competitor hands down so yeah. he he deserved this more than anyone uh now i'm gonna try to be like him and do it next year <laughs> yeah but uh i'm okay with the outcome yeah because honestly there i i couldn't have asked for a better season than the one that i've had i mean yeah. I, I had the best one that i've had like right. Now yeah. there's only, I, I want to build on it yeah. and I want to show people that sometimes, you know, the victory isn't always in what the world sees as success. The victory is getting back up. The victory is keeping things in perspective yep. and the yep. perspective is God got me there once yep. and if he got me there once, he can get me there again. He can do it again. Exactly. And there's glory for him in the victory and there's glory in the, in the defeat. I think you're absolutely right that, mm-hmm. that, that our, our witness and our conduct in defeat and failure I think speaks volumes to the world even more, like you said, yeah. than in success. Now, there, there's something to be to be done in in all circumstances, mm-hmm. of course, right? Mm-hmm. But but I I love the heart of just okay, win or lose, you know, want to have that same heart, which, yeah. which is fantastic. Now, yeah. real quick, what the timeline of an American Ninja Warrior mm-hmm. season? How, how many months out of the year is is in season in American Ninja Warrior? Is is it just what we see on TV in terms of the steps of the competition? Are there intermediate steps, or how how long is this going on for? Yeah, yeah. So right now, here in in October, the auditions are already online. They're excuse me, they're open online to to try out to audition to get a callback, mm-hmm. and that ends in December. Okay. So the filming schedule usually the last five years that I've been a part of it begins in March. They okay. begin filming the qualifiers in March, and then it's like every two weeks because they go to different cities. Yeah. So it's like they'll film one region, two weeks later they film another region, two weeks later, so on and so forth. And then they finish filming the national finals in late June. Okay. So March through June is when they're filming the whole show. Okay. Now, what they film in March, they don't usually start showing on television until June because it takes yeah. about a three-month turnover for them to get it all you know, um, um, edited and, sure. and put yeah. it together the way that they want. Yeah. So technically, I'm in off-season from the television show. Yeah. You know, July through, you know, what is it, February is yeah. technically off-season for the competition show. But there are so many different national leagues that have that have started. Yeah. Um, that, I mean, there's competitions every single, every single weekend. So we can stay in training and stay busy, uh, all, you know, every weekend of the year. Do you and a bunch of the other elite level ninjas, is this, I mean, is this a common thing in your life? Are you competing at competitions around the country and different things? So thankfully, I mean, by the grace of God, I'm one of the few ninjas that has a, a full-time livelihood competing and speaking because of how I've, how well I've done on the show, I get invited to go speak at schools or speak at churches or speak at summer camps. Um, you know, from topics ranging from, you know, just overcoming obstacles to anti-bullying, all of that stuff. And so I, I'm, you know, by the grace of God, able to make a living off of that. And there's different leagues that have popped up with huge cash payouts in the finals for things like the, the national ninja league, the ultimate ninja athlete association, and the most popular, the newest one that I just joined and am one of the pro athletes for the UNX. So there's, there's a, 
ton of different huh. leagues, a ton of different ways to to get your ninja fix, so to yeah. speak, huh. uh, during wow. off season yeah. when you're not watching it on television. Yeah, well, and I'm sure. I mean, that's only going to increase as the show. It seems like is just getting more and more and more popular. Mm-hmm. Again, these ninja training gyms for everything from you know four year olds up through adults yeah. are popping up all over the yep. place. And it, it doesn't. I, I did not know there were professional ninja leagues. It oh, does yes. not surprise me at all. Nope. <laughs> and I'm sure that's only going to continue to grow. Mm-hmm. But uh, man, that's that's amazing. That's really cool. Now you 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 referenced this a second ago, but you've had a ton of success on the show, mm-hmm. and with that success has come a huge platform. Yeah. And and you've talked a lot about. I mean, even in the sharing of your story from the very beginning, how you wanted to glorify God through whatever it was that he he brought you through. And now you've got a you've got a platform that is just it's unique and it's different than what you had five, six, seven years ago. Yep. And to be a national in an international in many ways figure who's, who's known and all that, and to speak in all the different places that you speak, what's it been like for you having that kind of a platform? And then maybe what, what have been kind of some memorable experiences that have come from that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. So Gosh, uh, to me, it's just just increased responsibility, which some people, they see the show and they see how successful I've been and they think, oh, well, Daniel's life must be so easy, so so posh and, and, and you know, easygoing. <laughs> but in the reality, there's, there's every single day I, I have emails and I have different uh, people from literally all over the world reach out via social media saying, hey, you know, watch you on the show. Thank you for the encouragement. You know, will you pray for me? Oh, hey, will you come speak at this? Will we come be a part yeah. of that? And it's, it's I mean, it's full time to, to oh. do do this and it can very easily if I let it consume every minute of every day so I try to stay balanced I stay balanced with with my family with my friends with having you know accountability to my church leaders to help keep direction and focus for my life for what God has called me to do so I don't just get singularly minded on my own brand and my own success because it's easy to do that it's easy to to you know tell God we're gonna we're gonna you know love him and honor him on the days when we have nothing or, you know, a hundred followers. But then when we have so many different things pulling and vying for our attention and our affection, it becomes that much more important to keep our, our, our lone time, our, 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 our time with God every day. Uh, because otherwise we're, we're stretched thin. We, we burn out. It happens a lot of times in ministry. We wear yeah. ourselves so thin. We pour ourselves out so much that we don't get refilled yeah. <laughs> and we need that. So I, I try to keep that balanced. And just the platform that I have has been so incredible because I get invited to a lot of like, uh, like I said, public schools and like, okay, we see that your kingdom don't talk about Jesus or anything, but please talk about like overcoming obstacles because we want our, 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 our students to, to learn that you will fall down. You will fail at times, but you have to learn to get back up. Yeah. And so to use my platform, to use my influence like that is incredible. And just like stewardship, I mean, I I have more followers now than I did a year ago and more then than I did a year prior. So it's just this constant building and constantly for me, my, my job that I tell myself every day is I want to be, I want to do my best to be as faithful to God and his plans as he has proven himself faithful to me every day. And so it's, it's exciting to see how that has grown and taken shape and just all the different people that I've met, the different pastors, the different leaders, the different ministries that I've, I've gotten connected with the different businesses and organizations just to promote the common good, um, you know, inside the church and even outside just to say, Hey, like Jesus called us to love our neighbors, love them as ourselves to, 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 you know, do things that benefit them and promote them because once they see how much you care, then they'll they'll care about how much you know and who you serve. And yeah. it's it's important for me to 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 love people like that tangibly yeah. before I ever try to, to to witness to them. Yeah. Love it. Love it. And that's so good. Now you've talked about just throughout the episode a bunch of different ways. It's just doors God has opened, yeah. just waves you see him God work in some different ways. What's maybe maybe a, a, an angle on this that we haven't talked about yet? What are uh, what are some ways that you've seen God work in your life through American Ninja Warrior? Maybe that we haven't haven't mentioned yet, or just yeah. kind of cool stories, or or neat memories, or or just even bigger picture kind of perspectives that you've been able to adopt, just as you've seen yeah. God take you to the to the places He's taken you. Yeah. Oh man, it is. It's been, dude. Like I said, Brian, it's it's been wild. Yeah. If you would have asked me seven years ago where I would be right now at twenty six years old. I would have had no idea. I would have had a bunch of ideas because sure. at that point in my life, I knew that God was big. I knew that he had good plans. And if I served him and chased after his heart, then he would direct me, yeah. whether that was being a missionary overseas or or wherever. I learned early on in life that 
God had a plan that no matter what it looked like, it was going to be good. It yeah. was going to be satisfying and it was going to be fulfilling. Yeah. So now here, here I am as a ninja warrior and I get asked to to go different places, to promote different uh, things that, that have, have a place on my heart. I've gotten to compete internationally. I got invited to go to Indonesia and compete on wow. a USA versus the world type of team and just awesome. represent my country on an obstacle course racing in another country. And That's so cool. I've made friends all over the world from all different walks of life and you know, one of the more recent exciting things that I've done is I, I started writing. I wrote a, okay. my wife and I actually co-wrote, um, and she did all the illustrations for our first uh, children's book oh, of all things. Awesome. So I'm seeing God that's like open cool. random doors to do totally different things that wasn't, I wouldn't consider a strong suit of mine, but you know, God doesn't, he doesn't call the qualified, he, he qualifies the called, you know? Yeah. So as soon as I said, yeah, I'll, I, I am interested in writing a, a kid's book because I love working with kids. I love t- coaching kids. I want to have a bunch of kids someday. Yeah. So sitting down and just like writing, well, what would I want in a kid's book? What, what would I want my kids to, to learn about or to, to hear about in a, in a, in a kid's book? So I wrote those down and we, we titled the little ninja is the name of the book. <laughs> and awesome. my wife did all the illustrations and she's just an incredible, phenomenal God given, uh, or gifted artist. And so to put that together was like just a totally, oh. you know, outside of the box, l- out of left field uh, thing that we're doing now. So now That's we're writing cool. our second book and just wow. finding different means outside of just the television show of Ninja Warrior, different ways that we can we can affect culture and we can affect change for the good of those who who you know, are impacted by us or our ministry or anything that comes from, you know, Daniel Gill, the kingdom ninja, whether it's a a worship album in the future, because I'm still singing and I'm still, you know, leading worship, or if it's, you know, more books in the future, or if it's getting on, you know, like dancing with the stars or other (laughs) types of reality TV shows that I could very easily see God open doors to do. Um, I'm just making myself willing. I'm making myself available and I'm doing my best to steward what God has put right in front of me right now while still dreaming about yeah. what he can do. Super cool. Is the kingdom, or the, sorry, the little ninja, is that out yet? Is it that, is, yeah. So people can get it, it Amazon or wherever mm-hmm. they get their books? Yeah, okay. Can, it's Amazon, the little it's ninja. Check it out. All right. I'm going to have to look into that. I'm sure my, uh, I'm sure my boys will be very, very interested. Now I want to ask you about, uh, something else that, so, uh, like a lot of people, speaking for myself, my level of physical fitness has ebbed and flowed <laughs> over the years, but I fancy myself to be a somewhat active person. And I was even just having lunch with some friends today, just checking in. We have kind of an accountability type thing. And I was telling them how, man, I really see the connection between how well I'm taking care of myself physically mm. and my spiritual health and my emotional health. Cause I've been trying to be a little more intentional about physical health lately. Yeah. Um, to me, there is just, those things are intimately connected, Mm -hmm. uh, that if I'm taking care of myself physically, that that spills over into spiritually and emotionally. And and I think Mm -hmm. they all kind of work together. Yeah. You obviously are, are elite level in terms of physical conditioning and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And you train others in, in this stuff while Mm -hmm. obviously being passionate about the kingdom and, 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 and leading people towards Christ and everything for you personally, what kind of a connection do you see between physical health and spiritual health? Yeah, dude, there's, oh my God, it's like the, the two go hand in hand in my opinion. Yeah. You know, there's there's so many people who focus on one or the other. You know, yeah. we've got Christians who are just all about health and fitness, but they don't take time to develop or mature spiritually. And then we've got people, um, you know, that are all about, you know, developing themselves spiritually, you know, getting closer to God, but they don't take care of their bodies. So then they're not actually physically capable to do some of the things that God has, has called them to do. Yeah. You know, I'm talking about like, like world missions, you know, you have sure. to have a very healthy immune system if you're going to travel overseas. Yeah. Um, and you have to have a strong body if you're going <laughs> to, I'm thinking like, <laughs> like pastors, even just like preaching multiple services all throughout the, the week or in one day, yeah. that takes a toll. Yeah. That takes a huge toll, especially as I'm finding myself speaking more. Yeah. And just seeing the need to be healthy, spiritual, or in our spirit, in our soul, in our, in, in our bodies physically. And, you know, kids ask me all the time when I speak in schools, they're like, well, you know, to, how important it is, is it to, to, you know, stay healthy and to, you know, eat the right foods? And I tell them, you know... G- God gave us the most incredible machines that walk the face of this earth, and that's our bodies, yeah. in which we know they're, they're temples of the Holy Spirit. Like, we, we carry the presence of God within us. So who are we to, to put garbage in, into it? Yeah. But I've learned as an athlete, for me, I have goals of training, and I have to train a certain, you know— you know, number of, of hours or whatever in, in any given day. Yeah. But for me, I found that my body as a machine, it requires fuel like any, any machine does. You, right. But if, if you put the 
wrong type of fuel in the, the wrong type of car, it's not going to function. If you put diesel in an electric, it's not going to work. Yep. If you put, you know, regular in a diesel, it's not going to run properly. Yep. And I tell people all the time, our bodies are the same way. You know, if you put, uh, for me, there's, there's three things that happen when I put, you know, good food in my body, lots yep. of water, you know, fruits, vegetables, uh, proteins, vitamins, all that stuff. One, I feel like working out more. Yeah. Uh, two, when I start to work out, I actually have energy and it's a good workout. And three, and arguably most importantly, I recover faster from yeah. those workouts. Yeah. Whereas on the opposite end of the spectrum, if I put garbage in my body, one, I don't feel like working out. And two, when I force myself to work out, it's miserable and I'm, I am hate it. <laughs> and three, because I don't have good fuel in, it takes a lot longer for my body to recover. Yep. And so I tell that, that's the easiest analogy that I give to, to, to young people is that our bodies are machines. If we put good in, we get good out. And yep. just for Christians though too, like, Oh man, just the culture that we live in, like there's such an emphasis on just, just physical health, but I think it needs to be coupled with, yes, I, I want to be active. Yes. I want to find things that, you know, help equip me physically in order to do the things that I want to pursue with God. Yeah. And it's finding that, that balance of, I want to grow my, my physical health, but I also want to build my, my spiritual health to, you know, it was a Paul says like, we, we become a perfect man, so to speak. Like yeah. we, we, we build up in every area of our life to where we're not mature, uh, immature, but we're mature and ready to, to do the things that God has called us to. Cause I, I fully believe. And unfortunately with all the travel I've done, I've seen so many Christians that are either, that are just, that are, that, that haven't put enough effort into their walk with God, their side of the relationship, that they, they're they not mature enough or equipped physically or spiritually to do the things that God wants to do in our lives. Yeah. And like I said, the only credit that I could boast in is that God has been so good to me that I learned from a young age that it didn't matter how many times I messed up or missed the mark, as often as I repented, which just meant made a 180 and said, Oh, yep. I was wrong in that God. I'm going to, you know, pursue you in this area now yep. that he's got a plan. He's got purposes. And when we trust him, like Proverbs three, five and six says, when we trust him with all of our heart and lean, not under our yeah. own understanding, uh, but in all of always acknowledge him, like everything that we do, wherever we are, school, family, life, work, when we acknowledge him in that, those times, he'll direct us, he'll yeah. guide us, he'll lead us. Yeah. And you know, health and fitness is such uh, an integral part of that yeah. because we have a body yeah. <laughs> and wh whether we want to or not, like this is going to be what we, what we walk the rest of our, li our lives here on earth in. Yeah. So we have to take care of it, you yeah. know? Yeah. It's like, we don't worship our bodies, but at the same time, taking good care of them is part of how we steward what God has given us. Mm -hmm. So like you said, so you can answer, answer the call. And it's funny, you talk about the, the physical dimension of preaching or public speaking. So I see you're wearing a smartwatch. I'm wearing one as well. Mm -hmm. And, and I don't know about yours, but mine, if it senses that I have an elevated heart rate for a certain amount of time, it'll just automatically count that as exercise. Mm -hmm. And so if I get done with a week, a preaching weekend, which we have four services here at, here at, here at Bridgeway, oh, wow. uh, I'll get done and I'll look back on my, you know, little Fitbit app and everything else. And it'll say, you know, Saturday, 445, 40 minutes of stationary bike riding. Uh -huh, <laughs> that's, uh -huh. what it that's what it credits me for is stationary bike riding when, I'm, awesome. when I'm up preaching. That's what the Fitbit thinks is going on. But yep. uh, I would imagine your heart rate probably doesn't get quite as high just because you're in better <laughs> shape than I am. But it is sort of funny that there is a, a even a physical element of speaking or mm -hmm. worship leading yes. or, or, and certainly all sorts of things connected to service, greeting, being yeah. able to stay. I mean, there's just yeah. a physical being a element. Being a stay-at-home parent. Yeah. Gosh. <laughs> yeah. There's a physical element to all of this. And, and listen, we all only have so much control over things like diseases and injuries and things mm -hmm. and, and, and whatnot, but to the best that we can to be able to take care of ourselves physically so that we're prepared. Yeah. I, I mean, I and think just so that's that we can enjoy message. the process, oh, enjoy amen. the journey. Dude, like <laughs> even on the bad days when I'm like burnt out or like dried up and I'm just like, Oh Lord, like this is, this is a rough day, God. <laughs> Cause I still have those. Sure. Uh, I'm, I'm grateful because my body's not like, like I still have a healthy body yeah. and it's because I put in the time and effort and energy to, to take care of my body yeah. so that I can actually enjoy the good days and get through the bad days more easily because we, we've taken the time to, to do that, to take care of our just daily needs. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So appreciate the time. I got one more question for you and yeah. then we'll, we'll let you go. So you've, you've made reference to this a few times in the episode, just about how God has opened doors for you to do a whole bunch of speaking in, in mm -hmm. Christian environments, secular environments, all sorts of, all sorts of different places. And, and I'd imagine you talk about a few different things, but if you could, maybe what are, what are some, some messages that you're especially passionate about messages yeah. that you might deliver in a Christian environment. And then even messages you might deliver in a, a secular environment where you yeah. can't, you know, talk directly about the Lord, but, but just different subjects that you're 
passionate about and and things that when you talk to young people or even adults that man these are these are ideas I want to sow into them these yeah. are I want them to leave thinking these things yeah what, what are some things that that are like tip of your brain like yeah. most passionate about when you go to speak yeah so I mean especially in like the the, the secular environments I talk about just overcoming obstacles and yeah. getting back up because <laughs> unfortunately in our in our society right now culture is is told our young people that, you know, they're always going to get a participation trophy and that you win. <laughs> and, and then when they lose and when they fall or fail or life throws them a curveball or they come under any type of, of, of attack, so to yeah. speak, whether it's in their health or in their mind, whatever, they're not prepared for it. They're not equipped for it. And so I love telling young people in, in, in schools and places that life will knock you down. Yeah. Life will knock you down. And as a Christian, I know that Jesus said that in this world, we will have trials. We will have tribulations. We will have persecution, but to take heart because he's overcome the world. So yeah. I love to tell, you know, I love to talk in secular environments that we live in a world full of obstacles, yeah. whether those obstacles, you know, for me are on television or if they're in your, your, your personal life, if they're in the form, they take the form of addiction or they take the form of, you know, the loss of a loved one. We get knocked down. Yeah. Life takes us by surprise, but you got to learn to get up. You got to learn to get up quickly. Yeah. I love also talking to young people about just anti-bullying. And I talk about the camaraderie on the television show. Yeah. That friends are like elevators. They either take you up or they take you down. And you have to assess who you keep in your life. Who is the who are the people that are speaking into your life? Because if they're not taking you up, then you, you need to find new friends. Yeah. You need to find new people that are, are, are you know having that influence over you. And then we do like uh, business talks, and I talk about just the the um, leadership qualities and how a leader shouldn't sit on top dictating, but a leader should be on the front leading and guiding and, and leading by example and just the, the ways, uh, the pros of that and just the, the personability of, you know, walking and fighting, you know, fighting the fight with those that you are, are called to serve and are called to lead. And then, you know, when it comes to churches, oh man, I, I have such a heart for churches. I have yeah. such a heart for just discipleship because like I said, we have too many Christians that are, that are, are, are lukewarm or watered down or just don't know they're, they're ignorant of what God says in, in the word. And so I, I love to just say a huge emphasis on get in the word every day yeah. because when, not if, but when life squeezes you, what's inside of you is going to come out. And if the only thing inside of you is 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 hurt and pain and insecurity and fear, then that's what's going to come out of you. But if you have the word of God and you have the truth of God inside of you, then when life squeezes you, you have the truth of God that you can depend on, that you can rely on, that you can, you can cast your cares on, you know? Yeah. And so there's that. I love talking to young people or actually just churches, period, in general, about finding your giftings, discovering your callings and pursuing God wherever he's leading. Because a lot of Christians think, oh, if I serve God, it's going to be as a pastor or it's going to be as a worship leader or it's going to be within the four walls of the church. But no, no, no. There are so many other areas that God wants and yep. is looking to put people yep. so that they can point others to, to him, whether that's in the arts and entertainment industry. It could be in the, the health industry. It could be in the, the education system. It could be in, you know, even science, which ultimately proves the existence of God when mm -hmm. done right. Uh, or like me as an, as an athlete, there are so many people who just need to know that God has given us abilities. God has given us giftings and callings. But when we give those to him, he'll either A, take them and put them back in our hands and direct us, or he'll B, take them away and replace them with something even better and, and a plan that is so much better than we could have ever imagined. I never yeah. asked for American Ninja Warrior. Yeah. I never thought that he, that was even available because I thought as a good Christian, I should just, you know, find a place in the church. But I didn't know that God was so big <laughs> that there's so many people that he could he could use any of us yeah. to put us all over the world in all different areas of society, even in politics, yeah. for the good of the world that we live in. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I love sharing those messages and about just getting back up because Christians think that, oh, I've got this sin issue in my life. I can't, I could never serve God. Yeah. <laughs> read, read up on, read Join your Bible. The club. Yeah. <laughs> Abraham, liar, yeah. David, you know, yeah. adulterer. They, they had issues upon right. issues. But the one thing was they didn't let their issues define them. Right. And they always repent. They always turn back to God. And he can use someone like that. Yeah. But it's when we hide those things. It's when we put those things in a box and say, God, you can have every, every area of my life except that. That's yeah. when we tie his hands. So yeah. we need to learn to give everything to God. Yeah. 
Yeah. And through that, he will direct us. I can't fix my problems. Right. I tried when I was in high school. I've tried <laughs> up until this day. It doesn't work. Right. But when I put those problems in his hands and trust them, him with them, dude, he's 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 much better. He's yeah. much faster. Mm. He's a better fixer than I am. Imagine that. Exactly. Yeah. How about so that? I love sharing those topics, yeah. those those things in, in church settings and in secular settings, depending on where I am and yeah. who the audience is. Yeah. Um, and it's just exciting yeah, to get to cool. see the impact that my influence, just little old me, just yeah. this, this homeschooled kid from a big family. <laughs> in Houston, Texas, where there's millions of people just getting to serve God and live an adventure in the process. That's amazing. That's amazing. I mean, so, so much of what you said is, is so good. And it, man, it, it, it makes me happy to know that that someone like you is using the platform you have to speak messages like those. I mean, it's just phenomenal. And I, I think that, I mean, this is something we talk about a lot here at Bridgeway. It's just the mm. idea that like, yes, there are opportunities to serve God and be a part of his work everywhere. It's yeah. not just the pastors and the missionaries and the church people and everything. And then, you know, all that, mm-hmm. like whatever your job is, whatever platform God has given you, there is something for you there that the sacred secular divide is yeah. only a divide between, are we pursuing the kingdom in what we're doing or are we not? You can do that as an accountant, as a lawyer, as mm-hmm. a janitor, as a pastor, as a cashier, as a American ninja warrior, whatever. Exactly. And, and, and I just think, man, there's so much potential in people that God wants to awaken. And if, yeah. if we can just train that into people, I, man, that's so critical. Yeah. There's so yeah. much there. So good. Well, Hey, once again, Daniel, I so appreciate you taking the time. I know you got a lot of, a lot of demands and a lot of people that want time with you. So thanks for making the time to, to be on our show and, and just to, to chat for a little bit. Really appreciate it. Hope you have a great time uh, this weekend at the Galleria. Should be Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for having me, yeah. Brian. It's been an honor. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks to all of you for listening. Uh, this is a fifth Tuesday episode, so we'll be back next week with another episode of Engaging Culture. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Engaging Culture, a podcast by Bridgeway Christian Church. If you enjoyed the show, please consider subscribing and leaving a review on iTunes. Thank you so much for listening. Music is used under the Creative Commons license and is provided by Dexter Britton.